Hello everyone, I'm Al Grego, and this is the Yes We Are Open podcast. Today I'm in Toronto, more specifically a neighborhood called St. Clair West Village. Aptly named, this neighborhood runs along St. Clair Avenue West, and depending on who you ask, can run anywhere from Avenue Road to Dufferin Street. It's a mature, established neighborhood, offering a slower-paced lifestyle in the middle of the hustle and bustle of the city. It's a very walkable neighborhood with plenty of shops and restaurants. Most are small, locally owned. In fact, there's a distinct lack of major franchises represented in this area. You can't help but wonder if it's by design. There's a heavy Portuguese and Italian population which gives way to a healthy share of bakeries, cafes, and pizzerias. It wasn't that long ago that the area was thrown into turmoil over a massive transit project that installed dedicated streetcar lanes along St. Clair Avenue, a project that took over five years to complete and impacted many of the local businesses. It's hard to believe that project was completed back in 2010. Some businesses never recovered from that upheaval, so this area knows adversity well. But now I'm headed to a relatively new business in the area that probably has little knowledge of that history and in fact probably benefits from it. I approach a newer looking eight-story condo building in the south side of St. Clair just east of Winona Drive. This is where I'll meet the subject of today's episode, Lighthouse Toronto Dental Clinic. How are you? I have your COVID questions for you. Yeah. In the last 10 days, have you had a cough or sore throat? Yep. Upon entering, I'm greeted by Ashling, the owner. She goes to do the COVID screening with me. I pass the test. First thing I'm struck by is the decor. This isn't your parents' dentist's office. In fact, if it weren't for the dental chairs and various contraptions surrounding the chairs, you might think this was a spa. The light colors, the soothing music, the gentle mood and decor. There's a noticeable lack of the usual dental charts and posters hanging on the walls. Instead, the walls are stark, with a single piece of art hanging in each room. Every aspect of the design seems to be geared towards making you feel as relaxed as possible. It makes great sense. For many people, a trip to the dentist can be an anxious time. Ashling leads me into one of the exam rooms for our interview. No... I didn't sit in the chair. That would be weird. Instead, we sat around a small desk behind the chair. My name is Ashling Whitaker. I'm a dentist and business owner in Toronto. Tell us a little bit about how Bytehouse came to be. I grew up in Ireland. Um, I went to dental school after a brief career in psychology. And I met a Canadian in my class and we fell in love. There was a little bit more to it, but that's the ba- the basics. Um, and he lured me over to Canada, um, not telling me much about the weather, but telling me about this amazing city called Toronto. And we moved and fell in love with the city, decided to stay. A Canadian who lured Ashling to Canada is Anand. My name is Anand Iyer. I am the owner of Bitehouse Dental. I'm also the principal dentist at this location. About uh, three and a half years ago, 
my wife and I were working as associate dentists in downtown Toronto in different offices. Um, we had always had the plan to, to construct our own clinic. That was a no-brainer for us. And, and for us, it was also one that required us to build from scratch. So we never intended to buy out an, an existing office. I always knew that we'd be opening an office pretty early on. I came from a dental family. My dad was a dentist. He had a wonderful clinic in Ireland. I'd been surrounded by dental professionals my whole life um, who were all very inspiring and played different roles in you know areas of interest that I have. So we, we had a vision and it, you know both of us were pretty aligned in that vision. I really wanted to have a little bit of myself, a little bit of slice of my personality and Anand's personality in our office with a little bit of like a European feel and maybe a little bit more of a European approach to dentistry, which we've tried to achieve here and I think we've done a, a decent job. We reached out to various different companies, Cirrus being one of them. They are a dental lease negotiation company and we did some courses with them and it kind of got the ball rolling. And that's kind of how Bitehouse came along. We, we named it after Bauhaus Design and we tried to have some nice features of European design in our logo and in our waiting area um, and just in the general feel of the office, even the music that we choose and things like that to give kind of a sense of who we are when you step in the door, basically. It's a stunning looking space and Hard to believe it's a dentist's office. Mm -hmm. It's like it could be a lounge. Or... Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we wanted. We wanted a bit of ambiguity. Advice was coming at us from all different angles when we were first opening. So they were saying things like, slap a picture on the outside with somebody smiling and the word dentist and like a toothbrush and people will come to you. And we were like, that doesn't make sense. We want to have a space that we want to love and work in. Um, and we make an effort to not have a single poster about dentistry in the office. There's not a single brochure. There's not a single flyer. These walls are very bare. Yeah, we wanted it more like a gallery space. And yeah. um, the art is a local artist. She... Um, puts her art up almost using it as a gallery and yeah we, we're trying to avoid like the dental feel except that of course we have to have dental chairs and things like that if we could have avoided it we would have you know <laughs> yeah like a lounge chair we would have done it but we probably would have ended up in physiotherapy every day but that's what we were going for like kind of the sense of when you come into our waiting space um, that you're just coming to come and have a coffee with me and Anand and have a chat and then you know on the side get a little bit of dental work done You opened your doors in 2018, in fall of 2018, is that right? I did, and then I had a baby in January 2019. Wow. So that was a bit nuts. Poor you, uh, <laughs> You know, <laughs> you can't plan things in life, it turns out. They just, anything goes haywire. So talk about those, those first couple of years. How was it? So it was great. You know, we were really received really well. And uh, back at the beginning, it was super nice. We had, so, we had so much time, you know. We would sit down with patients and have a coffee. And we would get to know people in the neighborhood. And we were really building strong relationships. We see incredible growth. I mean, we, we broke even within three months, which is quite amazing uh, in this industry. I think our style was quite different within our area. There were a few dental offices in our neighborhood, which we didn't view as competition necessarily, just, you know, colleagues and things like that. Right. But we offered a different experience, I think. So let's uh, talk about that. I mean, what, what makes Bite House different from uh, your standard dentist's office? For us, it's more about our personalities, trying to create a very calming, relaxing environment in an inherently very anxiety-driven um, setting, yeah. setting, for sure. So you're focusing a lot on experience. 
experience, customer experience. Absolutely. In terms of services, are you offering all of the kind of standard services that a dentist's office would offer, or is there anything extra or special? That- I mean, for the most part, yes. Most of your bread and butter things, you know, your fillings and your cleanings and all that stuff, typically. You know, your your crowns. Invisalign is a big thing in our office. Implants as well are, are things that we do, but we tend to do that, some of it ourselves, some of it in conjunction with other specialists in the city. And now we've gotten into, and this is a very re- relatively new thing, into sort of more uh, myofunctional therapy. So it's a lot of individuals that come in with a lot of jaw-related mm-hmm. Dysfunction. So we have staff now that are trained in that. What was it like working with Ashley? So we actually don't work that closely together in the office. The odd day here or there, we'll, we'll work together. But no, in 365 days a year, we're probably in the office together, maybe five days. Oh. So it's very minimal. Of course, a lot of the background stuff, we, we collaborate and, and most of that actually happens at home right. as it tends to, I guess, for most business owners, I would think. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, clinically, we tend to have different schedules. Part of that is actually just to take care of our son. So, I mean, St. Clair West, uh, that's, that's a close-knit neighborhood. Did you guys find that you were accepted uh, right away? Were you welcomed? Yes, very much so. So it was very good. Uh, it's, it's the kind of neighborhood that, you know, likes very local boutique type places. So yeah, we thrived there. It was it was perfect. Excellent. And then we actually moved into the neighborhood as well. Oh, perfect. Soon after, yeah. You liked it so much. You- moved, yeah, I, I live uh, about seven minute walk away from our first office. It's just awesome. I don't want to brag about the community too much because I don't want everybody to find out about it. <laughs> It's so great. Like, honestly, this community, and I know this community has been through a lot. Um, When they were building the streetcar, it really affected all of the local businesses. And lots of people shut down. Um, And so when this building was coming in, you know, this is one of the newer condo buildings. And there's always an apprehension because they're building condo buildings, but they maybe don't have enough places in childcare and maybe they don't, you know, like how are we going to support these buildings coming in? But, you know, other than those aspects and full respect for the people who have been here since the beginning, obviously changes happen over time and most people have embraced, you know, how this community is growing. Like the restaurants are amazing. The schools are amazing. When we bought this house in this area and it's, you know, the smallest house on the street because Toronto is expensive. Somebody said, we heard a dentist bought this and we were hoping it was you. You know, we had multiple people we knew at the door within seconds, you know, and we were like, oh my goodness, this is kind of crazy. Everybody knows everybody. It is such a good feel. People are so supportive of each other and there's so many places to shop locally that are personally owned businesses as opposed to chains. Like a couple of bigger chain coffee shops were here for a bit and they didn't last long because people want to support smaller businesses and I love that. That's a great feeling for me. I love supporting locals so it was a natural fit for us to live here as well as work here. Of course, you know, what, 18 months in or so, uh, that's when the pandemic started. So that January before the pandemic, that was our month where we were like, yes, we're a business. Look at us. We're doing great. You know, we felt proud of ourselves. We were had a sort of a bit of a sense of calm and relief that we weren't a startup anymore. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, you know, the pandemic hit the world and um, gave everybody a, a kind of a crazy reality check. It was like we were all at the start of a race where we're all you know, kneel down and ready to sprint. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh, the race is over. (laughs) Up next, 
What happens when you're only months into your new business venture and then you're forced to close your doors to all clients for an undetermined period of time? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Yes, We Are Open. Ashling Whitaker and Anand Iyer built what they hoped would become a new kind of dental clinic. A clinic focused on customer experience, designed to provide a calm and relaxing environment in what has traditionally been an anxious setting. And they succeeded. Business was going well. They'd been accepted by the locals in their community and actually made that community their home. It seemed everything was going according to plan. But you know what they say about best laid plans. If I were to ask you about a time during you know, your existence, this is your fourth year, mm-hmm. a time where you faced a challenge that maybe threatened to close you down. For us, the, the first time that happened was the start of the pandemic. There was about three months where everything was largely unknown uh, and where we had to fully close our doors. Right. Insurance coverage was not covering any of that stuff kind of on our own and just living off our savings, essentially. I think our, my biggest struggle, like there, there was COVID, but I feel like as healthcare professionals, like we always anticipate a big medical event you know what I mean like like I kind of see that happening throughout my career multiple times and it sounds terrible but you know what like there's going to be for me the biggest struggle was like staffing and that side of things as opposed to you know Um, no actually it's always been an issue it's always been an issue there's a shortage you know there's a shortage Um, I think a lot of people moved out of Toronto uh, during this time because financially wasn't viable if they weren't getting as much direct work but like obviously we were able to stay open to an extent um so that for me is like as a business owner was the biggest struggle you know from that standpoint and then on a personal level my biggest struggle was i haven't been able to go home right since the, the December before the pandemic, right? So, and like for someone who used to visit their family three times a year and my parents used to come here twice a year, yeah. we've raised a toddler who hasn't re- really remember, like, you know, they meet on FaceTime and things like that, but they haven't had that connection that the way that I wanted. So like that's for me, like a bigger personal struggle than the COVID business struggles that I feel like everybody else will have had. We all thought it was going to be two weeks right. and then six weeks and then eight weeks and then... We're all getting a little bit scared. Like, how? what does this even look like? And everyone's putting all their personal money into their businesses and everyone's trying to pull out loans and everyone's trying to do all these things to say, like, if this keeps going on until August, we won't have a business anymore. That's it. We'll close. At the time, it was largely the unknown. You know, we if it had continued that way for three or four more months, perhaps it's something that we would have had to face. Um, and then more recently... With our second office, uh, we, we're constructing uh, an office currently that's nearly ready to open. We've just dealt with just so many delays. Right. You know? And do you think those are pandemic related as well? Many of them are. Yeah. Many of them are pandemic related and then all the knock on effects. So we're talking, you know, supply chain mm-hmm. stuff. So we thought we were being on top of things by ordering stuff early, 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 but stuff that was expected that we had ordered in, let's say, May or June of last year, expecting to arrive in in August, didn't arrive till December. 
Um, and then, you know, thank goodness for us, dentistry reopened, I think it was mid-June or, you know, something along those lines. Um, and never shut down again. And didn't shut down again. Like, we, we've been open in different types of capacities. The restrictions were one thing, but, like, the absolute increase in costs was another thing. A box of gloves used to be $8, and then it was $80. Wow. You know, so costs are up 10 times for most dental materials and basic supplies. And they still are. About 80% of offices in, in dentistry in Ontario have sort of an open layout. Mm-hmm. And by design. So, you yeah. you know, when you're walking out of a room, if you've got, quote unquote, dirty things in your hand, you don't want to be opening and touching other things. So it's, it's designed for, for that kind of workflow. And so as a result of that, now we're talking about a potential airborne illness that, you know, you want to isolate, keep it in a room if it's if it's even in there. We're talking about our air turnover, our air conditioning systems, right. our, our air filtration. Like we're all becoming experts in all of these yeah. items yeah. that were not necessarily prior to this. Like hand sanitizer. That was incredible to find. Some of our hand sanitizer was smelling like, you know, gin and tequila for a bit <laughs> because that's, you know, that's what was happening. Yeah. You know, we ended up actually spending about thirty thousand dollars in glass. Wow. There was no way we were going with the sort of isolation plastic barriers. Right. So, yeah, it was about 30 k in, in glass that we fitted to each door, each uh, room. And then, of course, all the ceiling height that we had to kind of fill as well. So those kind of challenges existed as well. Yeah, like we couldn't get face shields. Initially, when we came back to work, we were wearing face shields for welders. Yeah, like with sparks and stuff coming, right? Like a welder's face shield from Home Depot or something. And I remember, and it was a cool kind of sense of dental community because people who I really respect who are top of their game were driving all around Canada collecting welder shields and then selling them to us at normal cost price. Like there was just like, okay, who can rally? Who can find this? Let's supply it to everybody else. Let's get together. Um, I joined a ton of dental communities, you know, when I first moved to Canada and these have become almost like family members in some ways. These are the people who have been hustling and like we've been sharing staff members sometimes if somebody got stuck or we've been you know, helping with PPE. Some of us got trained how to mask fit N95s and then went from office to office and did it for free because like no one has any money, you know. Um, It's been a nice humanitarian type thing that has come out of it in some ways. Um, So that's been really the good aspect of it. But yeah, so it was kind of a crazy hustle. And I think for all of our patients, they've all, some of them have lost their jobs. Some of them have taken massive pay cuts. You know, there's been all of that type of thing. So then they're coming in and they're like, why can't, why aren't you reducing costs? You know, right. and we're like, our, we haven't made a profit in years. You know, <laughs> the costs are relative. You know, they set them uh, from our dental professional. Like dental offices don't set them. We we get given our fees every year, and so you know they stay static and they they represent kind of the current costs of running an office in different areas. So nothing has changed there. So it's been kind of anyway. It's been a whirlwind, obviously, as it has been for many businesses. So one of the big things that uh, has been a game changer for us, and it's definitely one big thing that's, that's kept us with Moneris, is the vault, the gateway vault. Oh, yeah. So we've been using, utilizing that for a lot of cases. It also has reduced the level of manpower required, right, to deal with all of that stuff. So we have a lot of revolving payments every month, uh, especially with, with things like Invisalign and anyone that's on payment plans and things like that for larger treatments. That's, that's been a huge, huge help for us. 
each other to support each other during that. Yeah, the professional community, like the, and I, I hope this has been the case for other professionals within their communities. That has been something that has been unbelievable in terms of nobody was like, hey, I found all this hand sanitizer. I'm going to hoard it. Like mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Right. We were donating PPE to hospitals we were donating you know to sick kids and uh, Sinai and like we were like okay we got we got this and we were ordering things and things would show up six months later when supply chain had kind of returned so instead of being like hey I'm going to keep this it was like no let's donate this let's give it to who I was driving around this neighborhood and dropping off boxes of PPE to my patients who are like above the age of 80 so that they would have stuff for their home you know it was a great sense of community um everyone's going through it together right it's not just affecting one industry so it was kind of an interesting time coming up after the break we find out what the future holds for bite house dental this podcast is brought to you by Moneris. Today has shown us tomorrow has changed. Changed how we'll live, work, and do business. Because now we're more open to what's possible. Open to contactless payments, online bookings, curbside pickups, and more. Open your business to more opportunity with solutions to help you succeed online, in-store, or on the go. To talk to one of our business advisors, call one 866 or visit Moneris.com today. Welcome back to Yes, We Are Open. White House Dental was able to stay open after the initial lockdown, and after many measures were put in place to keep their clients safe, they were able to not only get back to business, they also expanded their business, opening a second location in Uptown Toronto. Ashling continues to run the St. Clair location, and Anand is heading up their new location on Hillsdale Avenue. So what does the future look like for White House? Could there be further expansion? We'll find out next. All the measures that you guys took, did it work? You guys are obviously still around. How's it going? How's business? So things are, are going well now. We're still in the pandemic. Obviously, we're in a kind of a more relaxed part of the pandemic, if you can say that. It's still happening. I think yeah. we all know it's going to be happening for years to come in different shapes and forms. And you constantly have to be changing. And you're on the edge of your seat all the time, wondering what's going to be the next step and trying to plan for that. We kind of have our eye on years out, you know, like we're we're aiming for that so you mentioned a new new location and i mean uh, we're sitting in your new location right now we're sitting in your your staff room yep. and uh, new location isn't open yet no within um, the next few days we hope oh that's great yep. um Congratulations! I mean, that that says something about your growth, that you're that confident that you are opening a new location. So how did that come about? Yeah, as we touched on earlier, it was the growth of our first office. We just were we were turning away a lot more people than expected, right. um, which is not that typical in Toronto. My name is Felicia Sprague. I'm regional manager, so I manage both uh, Bite House offices. When did you start at Bite House? So I started just after COVID hit, so about March 2020. I was actually on mat leave still, uh, but I met Ashling at a previous office. 
Are you working on in both locations or are you you're staying here? I am. So no, I'm at both locations. Um, so yeah, always having multiple clinics has been like a huge aspiration of Ashlings and Onins and um, just including me as getting to manage, you know, multiple clinics. Uh, that was such growth for me and I appreciate them giving me that opportunity. future look like for Bitehouse? Do you think there might be other locations or? Oh, these are great questions. I mean, it's been, it's obviously been three years and everything you look through rosy tinted glasses, I think it seemed like a much simpler time. It's become a challenge. And so we are now tired of, sure. of the, and fatigued by, by this whole process. Yeah, the idea of starting a new one. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's having, you know, a young boy, you know, everyone has to have that le- level of time to have amnesia before you th- think right. about having a second kid. Yeah. It's like that with having another opening, another yeah. business, you know, all the challenging times you just need to forget about it and remember the good stuff to then be like okay i'm in that mindset so at the moment no but you know we we have other adventures as well that we started primarily especially with with felicia and my my wife ashling you want to talk a little bit about the side project i can yeah so you know during the pandemic during the first lockdown i had some time to look at what other aspects of my career I was interested in pursuing. I've always been into computers. I got through dental school, supporting myself, building websites for dental offices in Ireland. And prior to dentistry, when I had been in psychology, I had coded for MRI scans. So I'm very familiar with coding and website design and that type of thing. So one of my projects that I have have wanted to have time to work on was building this dental app, and like a dental networking app, a, a dental recruitment app. And at the moment, it's a, it's a dental job matching app with other expansions that I have plans for down the line. So I, myself and Felicia sort of planned to work on this together for a while. And this was our, our time to do it. And we started working on it. It was a project that we you know wanted to work on and see if it would work. Um, and we've released it now in its, in its early form and it's going well. There's you know, about 600 people on it in the last month sort of thing or six weeks. Um, And it'll hopefully grow and help with the hiring process, like on a professional level, people are verified and all this type of thing. And then also hopefully turn into something bigger, like that networking type of thing that we talked about, how crucial that was for for me during the pandemic and building like a, a virtual network of people. And, you know, maybe this can turn into something like that. feel about the future of Bitehouse? Yeah, no, I'm so excited. I think that this office, especially its location, is going to be so successful, especially because, you know, a lot of our employees here, like you met Mylene and Casey, they came from Bitehouse St. Clair, just like I did. So a lot of like our values and how we think a dental office should be run is being directly implemented to this location as well. And, you know, we do hope for a Bitehouse 3 one day and we have like huge goals and hopefully we're all around to uh, 
see those come. Like other than, you know, financial success for us, that's only one part of it. Like the other part is personal satisfaction, like personal successes. And for me, that's like we've been able to continually grow our team. We had to because we couldn't all work at the same time, right? We had to change our hours. So we've been growing our team. We've been adding more people to our work family. Like that's a success in itself. Um, It's been really cool to have some you know new interesting faces around here although for the most part I haven't seen what their faces look like yet so that's kind of interesting they've got great eyes you know business wise things are are growing and I think maybe in five years you can come back and we'll say yeah financially things are doing well but for now there's you know other big key measures of success um that we can say that we're proud of thank you very much Ashton for your time today no problem thank you so much So, uh, is Firehouse open? Yes, we are open. That's the story of Bitehouse Dental. I'm sure that when they were planning the launch of their business, Ashling and Anand received a lot of advice and maybe even a little pressure to follow convention to do things the same way everyone else does them. And you know what? Had they done that, I'm sure they would have done just fine. I mean, I don't know much about dental clinics, but I don't think I've ever heard of one going out of business. And here's the thing. It's okay to just be okay. But if you want to really succeed, if you want to be a leader in your field, you need to stand out. You need to set yourself apart from the competition. From the moment Bitehouse opened their doors, they set themselves apart from the competition. They did this by challenging the status quo, a value that's highly sought after in leaders in the business world, a value that both Ashling and Anand certainly share. They didn't follow convention. They did things their own way. It was a risk they took, but it certainly paid off. I believe that was the key to their success. With values like that, I'm confident Bitehouse will set a standard that others will follow. Yes, We Are Open is a Moneris podcast production. I'd like to thank Ashling, Anand, and Felicia for taking time to share their story. You can learn more about Bitehouse Toronto Dental Clinic at bitehouse.ca. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at bitehouse.ca. And on YouTube, they're Bitehouse Dental. For more information about this podcast, visit our site, yesweareopenpodcast.com. If you'd like to support us, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Canadian small business owner or know of one with an interesting story of perseverance to tell, I'd love to help tell it. You can contact me at podcast at Tune in next week for another story of small business struggle and survival on the Yes, We Are Open podcast. I'm Al Grego. Thank you for listening. Thank you.